Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Elizabeth Barnett-Lawton, and I'll be interviewing some of the industry's most inspiring talent for the British Beauty Council's Career Insights podcast series. Looking back on the last two decades of my own career as a magazine journalist and a university lecturer, it was having the opportunity to interview thought leaders, celebrities and entrepreneurs that has been one of the greatest highlights. I'm just as fascinated today in speaking to the great minds and personalities behind industry figures as I was reading about them as a student. Hearing someone's story, a shared experience from someone who's made it in their chosen field, can provide much needed inspiration for anyone seeking a path to a fulfilling career. This is why the British Beauty Council are providing special access into the careers of inspirational beauty industry leaders exclusively for our members. So whether you're a student or perhaps you're thinking of a career change, we think our Career Insights podcast series featuring some of the UK's best talent could be the vital boost to your dreams and motivation. For me, and I hope for you too, the podcast series is a fascinating insight into the lives of some of Britain's biggest beauty success stories. Welcome to the show. Andrew Pereira is one of the leading PRs in the beauty industry with over 20 years experience. He is the Managing Director of Brandstand Communications, which provides PR, marketing and digital solutions for a range of beauty and wellness clients. Andrew joined Brandstand in 2019 after building his reputation as one of the most respected brand communications professionals in the industry. Andrew handled global communications for PZ Cousins Beauty, spearheading their brands. Prior to that, he was Vice President of Global Communications for MAC Cosmetics, where he was instrumental in the development of a communication strategy, which was key to the brand's exponential growth across Europe and Asia. I'm looking forward to discussing the pivotal moments in his career and how best to navigate the changing world of lifestyle and beauty PR. Hello, Andrew. Hello. I've been looking through um, your CV and you have had a really extensive career working for some of the biggest PR agencies for in-house brands, including, of course, Mac, which must have been amazing, um, yes. where, you, where you were VP of communications. Is that right? Yes. Um, and now, of course, you're managing director of, of Brandstand Communications. And I also noticed that it's 20 years. It's 20 years on a, a, you know, a really extensive career in, in PR and communications within the beauty industry and, and uh, also some fashion and fast-moving consumer goods. So yeah. what were some of the pivotal moments, do you think, that brought you to where you are today? Well, I, th I think I think starting back at the beginning, and, and th firstly, thank you for asking me to do this. I feel very honoured after some of the other people you've had, like Sam and Joe Malone, etc. On it, on it. Um, I think I think it's an interesting journey, um, and it's scary that it is twenty years. I obviously started when I was ten, um, <laughs> but I uh, I, th I think it's um, an interesting journey because when I first finished school, I wasn't didn't know what I wanted to do. You know, like lots of young, you know students at 17, 16, 17. And so I went off to college and I did business studies. I didn't go down an A-level route. I did sort of business studies and, and a BTEC route actually. So, um, and I did business studies because that was what sort of lots of my friends were doing and everyone's doing, etc. And followed that through until I actually went off to, to university um, where I started, carried on doing business studies. And when I got to university, I suddenly realized there was more opportunity in things and that I was sort of a bit bored with it wasn't as exciting as I wanted to be. And one of my other friends had gone to the same university and was doing a course called Design Communications, which was basically 
everything to do with communications from marketing, photography, advertising, filmmaking, um, PR, communications, etc. And so I, after a year, I actually swapped courses um, and moved over to design communications. And that was really sort of the moment when I thought, actually, this is something I really love. I was, it was more creative. Mm. Um, although it was, there was some academia behind it in terms of the marketing and advertising, etc. But it was really sort of creative and sort of, I felt I'd sort of found my place. Yeah. Uh, and actually specialised in PR because I thought that's the thing I really loved. It was also, you know, the 90s. So AbFab was sort of quite at its point then. And I thought, oh, I could be part of this world. Um, and so, now you are. <laughs> yeah, and now I am. And, you know, and I, and I, and I became it sort of a little bit. I, I wasn't necessarily Eddie or Patsy, but, you know, but I, but I certainly worked with a few of them. Um, yeah. That's another story. Indeed, haven't we all? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I think it was a time when I really sort of loved the fact of communications, the fact you could work with a brand, whether it's launching it or an established brand, to tell their brand story. Um, to also work with different ambassadors. Um, and as you mentioned, I worked at Mac and it was sort of working with, you know, their artists were and are phenomenal. Um, and as an artistry brand, it was something I was really passionate about. But, I, you know, I started my career working for a lady called Erica Fry Associates. And it was a, it was a work placement. Um, and she, Erica was a, was a sort of a doyen, a sort of PR that had been around for a long, long time, who had launched a number of brands that are on Bond Street still today. And it was sort of my first sort of dip into that world of fashion and beauty. It was, she was mainly fashion. Um, and sort of understanding and having, you know, seeing different TV presenters that were on, you know, coming into their showroom and sort of working with them on certain, you know, to helping craft different stories and getting PR. And there's nothing like that moment. And still 20 years later, if you get a feature in, you know, a newspaper or a magazine, you still get that buzz. I mean, you know, and I now have obviously a, a, a great team at Brandstand and, and to watch those, them start, some of them starting other careers and some of them in a few years, but to watch them also get such joy from that, getting, achieving those results, you know, after, you know, us brainstorming a pitch idea is, is really phenomenal. So it sort of, sort of was a journey for me in terms of, of sort of starting off and sort of realising this is something I loved and, and have continued to love, but, it, but the landscape has changed so much in the last 20 years. But there's still the route into the industry is still the same, isn't it? I mean, you need to apply to do a work placement in a PR agency or maybe in an in-house PR yeah. department for a brand. Absolutely. And, you know, as a, as a you know, uh, running a business now, you know, I get a number of requests daily, actually, for people, you know, wanting to come and do work placements, global roles, etc. And it's really a bit of tenacity and getting out there and really putting yourself out there. And, you know, just trying it, you know, just trying, you know, and I think for me, I worked within fashion, beauty and lifestyle. I also did sort of, you know, that was like hotels and things like that. For me, beauty was the thing I loved, but you know, some people might want to do, you know, cars or whatever it might be. Mm. So it's just trying different things, whether that's work experience or not, to see actually what what you engage with and love, um, and really sort of putting your, yourself out there um, and and being yeah tenacious and just keep going with it. And one thing I will say, I think one of the biggest things is interviewing lots of people now. You know, make sure you do your research. I think that's the big thing. I have to do a number of, of, of uh, interviews with people and they don't know something get my name wrong some don't know the clients we work with um, mm. or the products they do and it's just just something that I think actually you know do the 
research, research, research. So you're fully prepared for for role, but absolutely getting yourself out there and um, and just trying it. You've got nothing to lose, really. Yeah, and trying the different areas because some agencies might have a fashion department, a beauty department, and a lifestyle department. It could mm. even be sort of interiors or something like that. Um, yeah. How would you say it, there's a slightly different culture between the different industries, isn't there? So how is fashion different to beauty? <laughs> oh well, that, uh, maybe it's the press. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, well, some a bit more drama maybe with fashion sometimes and. You know, I mean, fashion, I think, especially in the last year, is definitely evolving in terms of, you know, shows. Things like that. I mean, I was lucky enough to to travel the world, especially with my Mac role, where obviously we were backstage as a makeup brand, um, but obviously worked in fashion prior to that on shows and different brands. So is, is the principle is still the same in terms of you want to get editorial coverage or now, you know, influencer online coverage as well. But it's just thinking about what that brand story is. I think with beauty, you can talk to different ingredients and things like that, whereas fashion's more about the artistry behind it and the design and whatever. So, so but, but in principle, it's still storytelling. So it's just a, in a different way. Um, and just making sure that you're really focused on who you're targeting at, making sure that you know that the right brand, whether that's beauty or fashion, is for that journalist or that influencer, mm. you know, to, just to, you know, really again, it goes back to researching and showing that it's a good fit. Yeah, so that goes sort of into the nitty gritty of actually being a PR. That you know, don't call up and sort of say what are you working on. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I've had those calls. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I'm not going to tell you about it, sort of thing. Yeah, but you. yeah, so find out what you think that that journalist or that influencer might be interested in and only sort of pitch them with things that you think are relevant. Yeah. And I think now it's easier than it ever was because of social media, of, of Clubhouse, all of the things now that we now have our fingertips that I do think it's very it's easier to do that research and find out what that journalist is interested in and it's always good you know as an ex-journalist Elizabeth yourself you know it's always good to relate it to that person so you know if it's for me if it's about you know a beauty product something to do with like obviously people are just starting to go back into hairdressing you go hairdressers so it's relating it to that and making sure that you know you've got blonde hair so it's a product that would relate to you rather than something that doesn't so I do think it's just got to be again research and just thought about fully yeah I completely agree. Um, but I also wonder how PR has changed. You know, having been a journalist myself, it was very much print-based, but now you're dealing with influencer management, aren't you? Much more. And so how is that different? And, and will PR be the same for those people just starting in the industry now? Or, you know, because somebody said to me the other day, there might not even be any PR agencies. And I think that was a bit dramatic. It's about adapting, isn't it? Yeah, but how? It's definitely about adapting. I think the principle, again, I think is the same because it's about relationship building, whether that's a journalist that writes for, you know, a print title or whether it's an influencer. And it's, again, about the right fit for a start, but also it's just about relationship building. I mean, PR is built on relationships and, again, doing your research and making sure you're, you're storytelling. But I think, you know, that in terms of how it's changed in the last, well, even five to ten years, I mean, it's changing every, every year, I think it's changing. And there's, I think there are more opportunities now than there were before. I mean, more, when I, you say more, there are less titles, long lead titles as in magazines, yeah. et cetera, mm. but there are more... Uh, there's more uh, opportunity online 
um, and whether that's via influences or online titles, there is no such thing as a lead time anymore, really. You know, you know, remember no. back in the so day. Now, now, now. You'll be like, right, oh, no, four months in advance, blah, 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 you know. Let's Christmas know when in July. Talk about it. I mean, at fashion shows, you remember back in fashion shows, and Sam mentioned it, I think, or somebody mentioned it, you know, you weren't allowed to take a phone. You weren't allowed to take, a, you know, any photos. Yeah. You weren't allowed to, everything was embargoed, et cetera. Whereas now, as a PR, you're, you're, we're encouraging. We want people to post about, you know, we've just sent them a beautiful package of products, whatever that is, or they're backstage, or they're at a, a launch event, and they want, we want all, the, all of that social content. So, so it's changed in that way, but which I think is, a, is an opportunity, but also, but it needs to be carefully crafted and managed. So you're not just yeah. throwing out things just for the sake of it. Mm, but you know, when you do the strategy, for when you do a campaign for a brand has to include all like what your the social media strategy and the hashtags and developing yes. all of that with the strategy doesn't it that's Absolutely. almost is it almost more important than print I, I don't think it's more I personally and people and I know there's there are different opinions and print for me is still incredibly important because you know it's it's um you know I mean and, and I and I work with a lot of our our, our clients and from a sales perspective print definitely still sells yes you can you can get some influences and there's a lot of influencers out there that do drive sales and ultimately we're storytelling but ultimately bottom line is the brands want to sell more product to keep going to pay you know to pay for the prs etc so yeah. ultimately that, that's our role to help to tell to tell that story and the usp of the product but so i do think it is um I think print is still as important, but I also think, especially with influencers, it has to be very targeted. You know, I think there's no point in sending product out for the sake of it to somebody who's audio, you know, a, 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 you know, a product that's of a certain, a premium product to someone that's audience is a 15 or 16, do you know what I mean? That just can't afford, yeah. afford that product. So it has to be, again, very, very, the strategy have to be, has to be careful and, and not wasteful. I think that the problem is, is I think there's been a lot of waste previously and I think that that now needs to stop. Um, and be Sending very out focused. 300 baskets of muffins or? Yes, yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, know, but food, I like the muffin. Food, yes, food does work. As a journalist, you know, I mean, everyone I speak to, you know, just, they're like, oh, we love, especially considering everyone's working from home. Hey. Everyone's like, oh, no, we love the food. We don't want the, you know, we, don't, we, we want the food. So, you know, it yeah. does work. <laughs> And in the, in the old days, it all used to be, you know, first class flights here and there. But I think the budgets are much different. Uh, uh, people are much more careful with the money. And as you say, not being wasteful. Um, but yeah. Well, I, think, I think also going back to food in the old days, you know, 20 years ago, when I first done that, people were going out for three or four hour lunches. I mean, that's what you did with a journalist. You schmoozed them. And, you know, and that was, and it was, I'm not, I'm not and those are the good times. You don't do that anymore. In my no, mind, no, you know, because, because now journalists, you know, I do have got four or five different hats on because they're, they're not just doing print, they're doing online, they're doing social, they're doing etc. So, yeah, you know, so they don't have time not, to do a four hour lunch. No, exactly. I mean, no one's got time, especially well, not when uh, the news is now. You can't yes. wait. That's the thing that's stressful about it. And it was always the way that newspapers worked was that you get the story and you do it now. Yes. Because if you wait a few hours, someone else has, has done that story yeah. and it's all over. So yeah, there's no more time. That, that's a shame that there's not so much time for, for 
No, so, so I mean, of course, we still we still network and we still see people when we're allowed to see people, and it's lovely to see people, and and you definitely see results from that. You know, I mm. think doing things on Zoom is is hard, um, and I do. But so, so I think relationships are still very important, and I and I personally yeah. believe face to face time is always good with people. Yes, um, without a doubt. I agree. Yeah, there's nothing like meeting people in person and, and building that relationship for the future. Um, what would you say is the best advice that anybody ever gave you looking back in, in your career? Oh, that's a good question. Um, the best advice, I mean, I've worked with some incredible people um, within the industry um, and been very lucky to, you know, Michelle Feeney was, of, was one of my bosses who now owns and has created Floral Street, but she was my boss at Mac um, and has a, a phenomenal career. You know, she, you know, for her, for her, it was all about, you know, what's the next thing? You know, Mac, Mac was built. And I was, at, I was there at a time when Mac was a sort of a small brand, makeup brand that was very cool. But you know, it was this cool brand that Estee Lauder companies had bought, and actually they were kind of let, letting us do what we wanted. But it was built on momentum, and I do still believe to your point just you know about influence etc it is all about momentum it's not 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 let's not do something and stop it's about let's keep going with telling that story um and keep the brand top of mind so i think that's an important lesson i've certainly learned um from michelle i would say you know and i think um I think, you know, working with Millie, you know, Millie Kendall, you know, she's my business partner at Brandstand. So I think, you know, she's, you know, excellent at communicator and she's, you know, a force to be reckoned with, as you know, Elizabeth. And it's, yeah. but it's also, again, you know, she is phenomenal at things like digital and social uh, and keeping has got her eye on everything. I don't know how she does it. I said, you know, no, she said, I, know. Yesterday, I don't know how you do it, but, you know, your eyes are everywhere. So, but it's also just making sure you've, you've got the full vision and sort of understanding. And I think for her, she's sort of teaching me a little bit more about that as well. Mm. So, so it's, I'm, you're constantly learning. I have to say, I'm not sure I've answered your question actually, but I'm not. No, I'm, well, you I'm, have, it doesn't have to be a quote, does no, it? It's yeah, even it, just I, watching what works and yeah. what's made something successful. But I'd agree with you having worked with Minnie, what's interesting about her and that I have observed that is special and unique to her is that she doesn't spend loads and loads of time agonizing and thinking about just strategy. She, she gets on and does it. She's a real yeah. doer. Like she does yeah. it like straight away. Just do it, do yeah. it, do it. Yeah, and I think actually in my career, having worked with people like Michelle, Millie, you know, I've worked, uh, you know, I worked at Mode, etc. It's those people, and it's and it's just usually found people that are, you know, founders of businesses that are the, oh, I haven't got time to wait. I just want to get on with it, and mm. it's just like let's not overthink this. Let's yeah. give, let's give something a go, and let's you know see what see what happens. And I think that's something. I'm slightly more hesitant to that than, than Millie is because I sort of do step back and think, well, what could happen and what couldn't happen? Yeah. But that's why we work quite well. But actually, most of the time, just as long as, you know, you're not hurting anybody and it's not too much of a risk, take the jump, you know, and see what happens. Exactly. Um, so I think what anyone listening to this might be interested if they're considering a career in PR is what, what does your day look like? I mean, I know it's a bit different at the moment, but you are you were back in the office this week. So what does let's let's say what does an office day look like for you? Um, so an office day. I mean, actually, I'm I'm actually at home today. But like so yesterday, you know, we have a team obviously because a number of people 
are working from home still at the moment. We do have a couple of people in the office, very socially distanced, et cetera, at the moment, but it's, you know, which is nice because it's nice to actually have some of your team with you. Uh, but, you know, we'll usually start, you know, yesterday we started off the day with as a team meeting. So we make sure everyone is fully clear on what the priorities are. We've got a number of launches happening this week and mail outs to influencers and press, et cetera. Um, so it's just understanding, you know, people's priorities, talking about pitches that work across all clients, etc. So that's sort of how the day sort of starts. And then I'm on a lot of client calls currently, um, which is good and bad because I like to be very hands-on and involved, um, as does Millie, you know, when she's able to be. Um, and then Anna Marie, some of the other business partner, gets involved as well with certain clients. Um, so it's so it's we sort of have client calls and discussing, you know, strategy or activities that are happening, etc. Again, I always try and put a, num a number of press meetings in, whether that's one or two, maybe not every day, but I try and get some in and I very much encourage, and we've been doing that virtually throughout the last year. Um, and that's been that's been really successful and really good. So usually we try and book it in and then we send them whatever we want to talk to them about first. And then we talk about it over as if we were having breakfast together or whatever, a coffee mm, together. A Zoom. So, what, on Zoom? You on have, Zoom. Get on a cup Zoom. Of tea. So, yeah, get a cup of tea. Or we send them breakfast. Sometimes I, I mean, a couple of people who I know really well, I've sent them a couple of cocktails and we do it over a cocktail at six o'clock. It's quite nice, you know, because I've known them for, for 15 years. So why, why not? So, and I think it's just good. And we just, you know, I, I think it's that connection with people that's much better than just sending somebody an email. You know what I mean? I think it's talking them through, telling them the story. Because yeah. um, actually a couple of people have gone, oh, actually, no, I'm not into this because of what. And actually when you tell the story, they're like, oh no, I'm going to give it a try now. So it's just that communication is really important. So, so my day is sort of mixed between strategy meetings. You know, I, I have to sit in budget meetings with Millie sometimes. In my, my as an MD, my role isn't so necessarily, you know, a lot of the team are out of speaking to press a lot more often doing much more pitching and things like that. So, and it's again, you know, learning from, from some of the younger members of the team about pitching and things like that as well in terms of, you know, some story ideas. We often do brainstorms on a, a brand or a product just because we want to be, we want to lead a trend rather than follow one. So it's kind of like thinking, and with Millie and Anna, you know, br both brilliant minds, you know, Millie is the ex, um, Anna is the ex beauty director of British Vogue. So again, a phenomenal ex-journalist who still does writing and trend forecasting she's great at coming to things in terms of we're launching a product and it's there's an ingredient story or whatever it might be so it's just crafting looking at the bigger picture my role is to look at the bigger picture and then sort of hone it in and bring in team members that can help on it if that makes sense mm, yeah it does I mean it all sounds very uh strategic but also dynamic and it's all about it's pretty fast isn't it Yes, it, it, it is fast. And then we, you know, and, and and I think, you know, the team work very well together. I think it has been hard because I think people, you know, working from their bedrooms or whatever it might be at mm. home has been hard. And I think you know, there, there is nothing like that FaceTime. So people have started to come back into the office and they're loving it because they're liking being with peers and a bit of change of scenery and, you know, just having a bit of, um, you know, a bit of banter really. And, you know, being able to discuss something rather than emailing somebody or on those, let's have another, let's have another meeting about a meeting. Do you know what I mean? It's just... Be able to yeah, because it is social, whole, actually. Yeah, very. But PR is very social. PR. Yeah, it's yeah. very, very social, and that's how you, you know, it's it's about that's how you sort of banter and come up with ideas. I think. What sort of people are best suited to it? Do you think? Uh, well, people that like to communicate and have a chat. <laughs> without, without Chatty a people. 
<laughs> you know creative thinkers people that want to think creatively and strategically you know i think there's a fine line between you know advertising pr and marketing it's all storytelling in a different way um and digital actually you know social is, is you know absolutely feeds into you know what we do as prs we have a digital team in our as part of the agency and they are, are, are absolutely paramount to the agency um without a yeah. doubt um, and they must and they, and they should work together pr and digital work together because it's also instant um but in terms of yeah, your question i think it's something that and, and someone that's got a passion for the field they're going into so if you're into yeah. you're going to go into beauty pr we run a beauty wellness agency you gotta you've got to be into beauty i mean you've yeah. got to be you know watching looking reading seeing loving it so um, you love all the creams and the fragrances I love, yeah i mean I, I, I really do i mean i've been very lucky you know to to try some and and, and have it um uh, and i you know we have some great clients now that was phenomenal brands that i truly do use them so mm. no i mean i really i like the storytelling behind them as well you know we is one of our our uh, clients yeah. who's 100 years old this year you know a sustainable authentic brand and has been for a hundred years i mean it's a really phenomenal you know it is it's amazing natural ingredients etc you know so helping them tell that story is really I, I love sort of learning about brands in a deeper way um but i think yeah and i think that's the thing is having that interest um and and and, and you know you've got to be a little bit confident in terms of you know pitching and being able to speak to a journalist and really talking about whatever it might be, whichever product you've got, you know what I mean? So in, in an eloquent, clear, concise way. It's know, very similar to being a journalist though, in a way. Yes. I mean, I, I've always thought of it as being two sides of, of the fence, almost identical skills, but sort of working together. Like a journalist could never be a journalist without PR. But, you know, it's a very, very interesting. I've had this conversation with a couple of journalists previously over a drink. And, you know, I always think, yeah, we couldn't do we can't we couldn't be without each other. No, it's pilot and navigator. Because yes. uh, my dad, my dad was a pilot, but he had no sense of direction. So God knows where he would have gone. No, and it's the, it's the same thing. And I think it's partly to do with the speed that we're talking about here. Uh, yes. Especially with the journalists now having to wear so many different hats. Actually, in a way, you provide a sense of clarity that if you can go along and have a meeting with them and you've just sorted out, look, this is, this is good, going to be good content and here's a bunch of stories for you. You've just yep. made their job easier, haven't you? Yes, exactly. And that's what our, one of our roles is, is obviously to support our clients and get them to be written or talked about. But it is actually to package, package up you know what uh, 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 the story for the journalist to make their life easier and even you know what's you know what we also try and do is give them at least three different examples of a certain product you know whatever that might be so they've almost got the story there and whether that's for an online story but it just means they've got the content and can go with it so everyone sort of wins so do you still really write press releases in the same way <laughs> um we do still write press releases. We still, um, are, are they in the same way? No, they're more short, uh, sharper, mm -hmm. more we pull out. There's not so much fluff as there maybe was previously. Mm -hmm. um, no time for the fluff. Yeah, no, it's more about, it's more about being factual and, and sort of talking about ingredients and, and you know, what the, you know, the payoff of the product, et cetera. So, 
Um, so yes, we yeah, so still someone did. could write a story almost straight away from what you've said, like just turn that into some sort it, of it, content. It's, it, it's, it's happened. It has happened fairly recently, in fact. Has so, it? What uh, the exact, yeah, what actually yeah, plopped your press release word. copy into I mean, the... Exactly, exactly. Well, in fact, we did, we did something fairly recently, across, which was an agency summer sort of release, you know, get ready, you know, for some, you know, as the, when the sun came out, it was a very quick thing. And somebody actually printed our, almost the, we had a diagram designed of the body and it was sort of said, you know, do shaving, you know, tanning, blah, blah, blah. Um, and they printed the whole thing. Including you the know, diagram. you know, you've done a good job when you've done that. Yeah. yeah. And it's quite often blogs that do that because they're just looking to turn it around really quickly yes. um yeah. but i uh, my very what, sort of one of the first people that trained me was was newbie hands and she said um oh. you know on harper's uh, and uh, she said Perfect. never don't even read the press release look at the product you know yeah. how does it look how does it smell you know describe it because the minute you read it you're influenced by somebody else's perspective of that product yeah. so it's interesting but that actually Having done, having looked at the product, you know, yourself as a journalist or, or an influencer, that you should then go back and look at the press release and just make sure you were right. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> I, th I, th you know. I think it's, it's pretty similar almost, you know, someone probably hate me for saying this, but it, it's pretty similar. It's like buying a house. Because the estate agent is telling you about it, you've got to walk in and love it. It's like anything to do with it. So the same thing with the product. You've got to... It be you know enjoy the product sensorially understand it you know in every single way and then you sort of then find out the finer detail but if yeah. you don't buy into the product because someone's telling you it's amazing doesn't mean you know it's got to be again going back to you and what's right for you as a journalist so yeah. you know I think I think it's sort of fairly similar principles yeah and the power of uh, and the, the importance of that communication and integrity is so important particularly with beauty because I think with fashion you can see it can't you it, you, yes. you know it doesn't need so many words no. but beauty still the communication is more important almost than advertising with beauty because you need yeah. that opinion don't you to yes, trust absolutely. absolutely yeah so you are so as a beauty PR actually it's probably a little bit more challenging than some other I think car journalism would be uh similar but you've really got to understand your product your area you need a good understanding don't you of actually how skincare I, I think, uh, yeah but that without a doubt I mean when, when if we ever work with well existing clients or new clients we have to have a full brand induction and understand exactly what the pro, you know, the brand is obviously the ethos of the brand, etc. But also about the products in detail, because also there might be something we know as a trend. There's an ingredient coming about that actually a product might have, and we can jump on that trend quickly to get you know people talking about it. So, yes, you definitely have to understand it from you know what's what's inside you know the bottle, rather than just being always oh, the great new moisturizer or great new whatever. Um, definitely understand what what the USP is and the ingredients and why because any journalist you know any good journalist with themselves will, will, will that's their job to, to ask you those questions so you don't want to look silly so again it's making sure you've done your 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 research and your and your homework basically yeah but you learn as you go along so yeah. you, you might not know so much about beauty if you start in beauty PR you might know about PR but the same thing a journalist you're primarily yeah you know, a writer and a communicator, and then you learn more about your specialism as yes, you kind of I mean, progress, don't you? Uh, uh, yes, absolutely. And I think, you know, for me, I mean, I started, I mean, it doesn't 
I started out, it was working, uh, well, I worked at Eric, well, then I went to an agency called Eric, uh, Attenborough Associates, where I worked on things like Mont Blanc and Alfred Daniel and Littlewoods, but I, mm -hmm. I basically was basically in the showroom almost, sending out products and things like that. It was, you start from the bottom, but I was writing releases, I was starting to slowly meet the press, so it was slowly, slowly, and also watching, looking, learning, I think was the big thing, and really watching what, you know, my colleagues, bosses, directors, what they're all doing and sort of seeing, understanding it. So you're constantly learning. And with my team now, yes, there are, they have some of them, if they come in to do work, so it's have to do send outs, but I'm also asking them to do things, whether that's a pitch, whether it's a pitch or whether that's writing a release or looking at our social channels, um, et cetera, looking at influencers. Is there anybody they know that might be right for a certain brand? So to, to, it's crafting, giving them a bit of a journey to see, you know, we've got somebody who's actually interning with us at the moment, who's brilliant. She wasn't sure what she wanted to do, whether it was PR or whether she wanted to, do, to go into the digital side. And so we, she works across both and has done for about four months now. And she, she's realized that she really loves the digital side and that's what she wants to focus on. So mm. that's the journey we'd like to put her on. Um, so almost a different department. A different department, different to what she thought. She, she went to Bournemouth and studied, you know, communications, etc. Digital was part, but she thought she wanted to be a, you know, a, a PR, we're going to PR basically and and liaise with press and things like that. But actually she's realized she really loves the digital side and influencer side as well. So, you know, so it's just sort of working with them to craft what what they what they want as well. So I think I think yeah you have to start slow, but you know, if you've got the right people behind you, the opportunity will come. Mm. Do you think that um PR agencies, I know that I noticed on your on your CV that you you said you know PR communications and influencer management is there going to be more of a kind of agencies that are hybrid of traditional PR and comms and and influencer management? I think there are certain agencies that will do that. We we actually on my CV, so we don't necessarily manage influencers. So I don't manage them. You know, we don't have no. them as clients. Mm. But in terms of, but what we do do is for lots of clients who want to do collaborations with certain influencers we manage that process so we um with you know specific and, and we work with the client on who we feel is the right fit for the right brand um in terms of return on investment etc so yes yeah, so but i do so i think that is certainly something that i think all agencies have to move forward with for the mm. time being so that's the adapting phase isn't the, it the adapting yeah but it, again it's an opportunity because if you pick the right the right influencer for the right brand it can be incredibly successful from a storytelling point of view because you know they're talking about the brand on their social channels to their audience but also from a sales perspective because if they've done their job correctly and they be their 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 audience is bought into it they will hopefully you know swipe up or go and buy, purchase the product so you know it's it's you know everyone's a winner really and actually you can see that that that's evidenced isn't it um, you yeah. see people click through. So I always thought, you know, I, I did a little bit of PR myself at one stage and I sort of, <laughs> I sort of just winged it really. I didn't fill in the Excel sheets that some, you know, if you're doing in-house at L'Oreal or something, you've got to just do all these like massive, like uh, evidence of what every little thing you've done. And I sort of didn't really do that. So just call people up. Um, do, do brands expect more? Um, oh, Content, so in terms of content. Uh, 
do they expect oh could you just do some like little videos or I don't know <laughs> organize some you know live in Instagrams or, yeah I, or, I, you know, I suppose I suppose we've certainly done more because of the last year with our lockdown. So it's, so it's, but again, is it more, is it more opportunity? I suppose it is more, but it's also more opportunities. So again, lives, again, if it's the right fit and the right time, so you're not competing with everyone else, um, which is also important, then I think it's a really good, it's a really good window to the world to tell your brand story. It's, there's, you know, it's nothing better than a brand founder to talk about their story and their journey to really for you to buy into into you know that's you know that's that's brilliant that we can use that so yes they do ask for more in that way but I don't blame them you know but I think I think it's my role and my team's role to sort of say well actually yes strategic we'll do this bit now and then we'll do that bit next you know what I mean it's, it has to be again a part of a strategy rather than a, a knee-jerk um so it needs to be thought about I think mm. it's quite nice for for some of the smaller brands or even small to medium brands as you say if you get the founder to actually engage with that and do some of the lives and the interviews themselves as the face of the brand that's really mm. great but when you start dealing with really massive global brands you know whether that's you know Burberry, Calvin Klein you know uh, all, all of those sorts of big that, and they're expecting more content there's quite a lot of pressure isn't there to then somehow be involved in the making of you know film and that kind of thing. Yes, absolutely. And, but I think the important thing is, and actually we've got, you know, we're doing something with the client at the moment. The important thing is, is to make sure that if you're involved in that process where a client is working with another agency sometimes or an in-house team, is to make sure you, that your team or you are involved in it from the offset so you can be part of that brief and conversation. What tends to sometimes happen is a client will go, oh, we're, we're filming something. Oh, and we're doing it tomorrow. And, you know, could you do this? And you're like, well, surely, you know, it's not just come about. It's been planned for weeks. So it's, or months even. So it's kind of like, it's just being part of that conversation and making sure that you can, because basically no matter how big your brand is, small or large, there's an investment there that's being made, whether that's financially time, models, whatever it might be. So we, we want to exploit and use that as much as possible for content, because now we can, for content on social, for maybe creating things for, for press, for storytelling, etc. So it's just utilising the time and really thinking about that. And also talking to the why your wider team, because they might have better ideas than you have. Because, you know, when you're in something quite a lot, it's good to get a wider independent thought, kind of try, kind of get different thinking on it, which I do quite a lot, especially with my the team that are quite young, because they're on their phones and social all the time. So they're probably doing it more than I am. So actually, I want to know what they're in, interested in and why. So, yeah, so I do think, yes, they do ask for, for more, but most of the time it's for good reason. Yeah, I think you perhaps adapted to that now. I think when that first started happening, it must have been a bit overwhelming. But now, yeah. of course, you, you would have recruited some younger staff that are really brilliant with all the social stuff. That's important yeah. now, isn't it? You need, you need young staff that, that are really like digital natives to be like, to do yes. all that stuff. Exactly. But of course, you have to do it too, don't you? You, you need to be on all the platforms watching everything. So yeah, so I, I, really I, do, ends, I, I, I do, and I try to 
try to, but I also try to, I think it's also important to step away sometimes because sometimes it just can take over your life. You know, we've all got lives as well. So uh, again, Millie is phenomenal at it. And even we had a conversation yesterday, she was like, I think you need to do it a bit more often, Andrew, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh God, have I got time? Do what but, more often, step away or, <laughs> no, no, or, be, or be post? More or... On, be more on, be more present on social. Mm -hmm. So um, the, the thing also about me is, is I'm much more, you know, I'm not used to talking, as I said to you earlier, but I'm not used to talking about myself. So I'm much more behind the scenes anyway, and I prefer that. Mm -hmm. And I, mm -hmm. you know, um, but I, but I, but it is important to understand what's being said and by who and and who's doing what. Because when you're having a conversation with that person, you can then go, oh, I saw your post about blah, you know, and then, yeah. oh, that's amazing, or you're doing this or whatever. And and you know, I think I think we all like to, you know, people to be able to be listening to us or whatever. And also when we're dealing with press and things like that, you know, it's good that we're they're sh we're showing them that we're liking their what they're doing, whether that's with their families or commenting on what they're wearing or whatever. It's just, you know, it's just keeping that relationship going on a, on a social way. Mm. And, and what would you say that you enjoy most about your, your job? Oh, the fact it's different every day, I'd say. I think it's a different, I think with PR, there's no, it's not like, a, you know, it's not a nine to five job for a start. It's, I, li I like the fact it's creative for one thing. I love the social aspect of it. And I like the fact, you know, we have a you know the community is phenomenal in terms of whether that's press or influencers the relationships we have are great i love working with brands on their strategy and you know and determining you know looking at a brand that's launching and seeing it sort of flourish and grow mm -hmm. which has been fantastic uh, i also like to identify within a brand who that spokesperson is there's not a if, if it's not a founder who that should be you know mm -hmm. mac that was a brilliant thing for us you know looking at you know, their senior picking people who suddenly became, you know, very big makeup artists um, because, you know, they were working in Selfridges mm. or wherever it might be. And suddenly you're like, well, they, they've definitely got something. Media yeah. training, work with them. They obviously have to have phenomenal artistry, but actually it was watching them grow. And some of them, you know, you, you are household names now. And, and some of them are, are hosting TV programs about makeup and things like that. So it, that's been... Um, that's all that so so I love the fact that you know I love the fact the beauty community is also you know we, we all try and support each other as well which is great and I think we're all out for the better and the good which is good They've always been really lovely all all the beauty people yeah and at the, at the end of the day you know beauty is meant to make you feel good you know um you know I always remember you know Gordon Estelino who's the head of artistry at Mac he was I remember him saying backstage at one point when there was a dramatic model he was like, oh, no, don't do this. I don't want that lipstick on. And he was like, you know, if you don't like it, we just wash it off. You know, it's just, like, you know, it's you know, give it a try type of thing. So mm. I really like that. So I, I love the the different aspects of beauty as well. Um, and I'm still very passionate about And I love learning about new brands and new products. Mm. And, and finally, what advice would you give to anyone starting out in a career in, in PR and communications? I would say... Um, Certainly, you know, do your research, which I keep mentioning, but also, you know, give things a go. I mean, you've got to be tenacious and look, go for the, what, the highest thing you want to go for. So if you want to work for, you know, the best PR agency or magazine and do, do everything. You know, I've done sort of worked at, you know, I've done experience in magazines. I've worked in different aspects of PR. Um, 
I've also worked in events as well, because obviously with, with PR in a normal world, we do a number of events as well. So just get the experience you can um, and learn from it and then decide, you know, aim high and then, you know, and, and hopefully someone will give you a break. You know, we take people on all the time um, and we're happy to, and majority of the people we actually end up hiring because they're great. So, you know, I think, I think it's just be tenacious and just, Make sure you do your research, look at the brands you want to work for and, and go for it, really. That's what I'd say. Um, you That's know. really good advice, especially, you know, maybe if you're just starting out, just try doing a work placement in maybe three different agencies with very different sorts of brands and see where you feel comfortable. Yeah, absolutely. And feel free to send me your CV because, you know, if, you're, if you are looking, then, you know, I'm more than happy. We are always looking for great people. So, you know, and, and if not, I can point you in a direction, hopefully, to help. That's um, great okay. to know. Thank you, Andrew. That's Thank been you. so interesting talking to you about all the things that have been going on in PR and the changes. And really lovely to hear how much you love your job still after 20 years. Oh, yeah. That's brilliant. I know, I know. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I, do, I do love it. And thank, thank you so much for the opportunity. I've really, really enjoyed chatting to you. I mean, I, I was a bit nervous about it because I thought, oh, God, what have I got to say? But um, <laughs> yeah, you know, but I think it's... Uh, you know that's an eminent career andrew i've, I've inspected your your cv and it's oh, really Im really impressive and i think you're you'd be a real inspiration to anyone starting out all the things that you've achieved in your career it's really oh, good I appreciate that. oh that's really kind of you thank you it's great thank you for listening to our careers insights podcast episodes are released bi-weekly onto acast apple spotify and the british beauty council member zone you can also follow the british beauty council on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, TikTok and Clubhouse to stay updated with the latest news. Or if you'd like to contact us and find out more about becoming a member or patron, please email join me at britishbeautycouncil.com.